Dogs of Warcry is a podcast from the Mortal Realms, focusing on Warcry, a fast-paced, cinematic skirmish game by Games Workshop. Join us for discussions on gameplay, rules, lore, painting, terrain building, campaigns, and events. Welcome to Dogs of Warcry. In episode 8.5, we're going to discuss our Circle of Paint Challenge, the tale of two warbands. We're going to talk about how you can see them and vote on your favorites. My name is Josh, and answering the call with me this week is Paven. How are you, sir? I'm doing very good. We got a great mini episode for everyone tonight. We did it. We finished our war bands, uh, but I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, I'm excited to start talking about it. Yeah, likewise. A nice little end cap to the season. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, going out on a win. Okay, yeah, let's kick it off with some hobby progress. How did we get here? How, 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 how much work did you do? Uh, Josh, uh, tell me about it. Oh, well, uh, this last few weeks or so, I got my 3D printer going again and working on some more Warcry terrain, as usual. <laughs> so I kind of worked on the arena for a while. I stopped that because I got inspired by some new files I saw where it looks, they're kind of like these stacked burial niches, like a catacombs mm -hmm. um, area. Like They look very much like Skyrim Nord Barrows, where the... There are these kind of shelves and bodies are lined up from floor to ceiling. So I thought it'd be really neat for a catacombs-like board, uh, especially set in Soroth core. So I've been working on printing some of those up, and I'll try and get some pictures of what that looks like once I've got enough of them to kind of make a scene. Mm -hmm. um, also, I spent quite a bit of time trying to find out how to take good pictures of my warbands. <laughs> Probably like a three or four different days at different points with different lights and with a white background, black background. And I think I finally got something that worked, but I did learn a lot in terms of how to use my phone and take pictures with it. So that was, that was going to be useful, I think for the future. <laughs> how yeah. about yourself? If I know anything about circle paint challenges, it's about 50% hobby uh, skill and execution of vision and 50% just taking a really nice photo. <laughs> right, right. Showing it off. <laughs> uh, yeah. Time well spent for sure. Um, and it looks great. You sent me the photo ahead of our recording session today, and not only is your warband completely uh, painted, uh, great work, but they look phenomenal. The picture looks super crisp. I can't wait to go up against you in honorable uh, Circle of Paint Challenge combat. I can't either. It'll be great. Uh, but for myself, I haven't had a ton to report. I picked up Cod Graz Ravengers uh, Underworld, Warhammer Underworlds Warband that just came out, and I kitbashed them with Signs of the Flame bits to kind of make it more fiery. That's mm -hmm. pretty much it. Uh, I'm trying to execute on that progression of uh, Path to Glory concept I was thinking about, where you kind of start as a cultist, in my case, signs the flame, and then you work your way into becoming a like a chaos warrior in like the limitless armies of Archaon, and then uh, and then you you go further up the ranks into like a chaos lord or a chaos knight. But like I want that kind of fire motif to go through uh, all those miniatures. Yeah, so yeah I, I, I don't, I don't share those. Ahead. I was gonna say you shared those, and just the head swaps and some of them are perfect. They fit really nicely. They look great. 
Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. I really, I, you know, they, it was a very simple kind of uh, head swap and, and kit bashing, but I struggled mightily with it. Uh, but I guess that means I'm growing as a hobbyist. Right. Exactly. Push the limits. <laughs> um, I, I also prime, I've got those guys primed and I also primed some additional Saurus guards so I could have them on deck if I ever kind of run out of things to paint. Uh, which kind of happened after my Olgroid was done. I didn't really have a, a next project, a next miniature on deck. So I want to have always something prime that I can work on. And the Seraphon are a great uh, opportunity because I have so many things I, I, that are in the deep backlog. Oh, yeah. No, it's a great idea to prime those models ahead of time so you have something ready to go. Uh, I've got some models that I, I'm not planning to use anytime soon primed, but I think it's a great idea to get some models that you could potentially use Prime, and they'd be more motivated to get those going. I'll have to learn from your progress in that respect. Yeah, sometimes you just need a break. Yeah, yeah, sometimes they kind of jump between terrain and then models and back again, so it's good to have a little bit of everything ready so you can jump depending on where your motivation goes. So with the hobby progress wrapped up, did you have anything to add for Path to Glory this particular session? I, uh, I have not had any additional games. But. No, me neither. Okay, I figured, but, you know, eventually we'll get there someday. <laughs> In that case, why don't you kick us off with the Visions of Madness? All right, so what's new for the Warhammer news? So nothing for Warcry specifically. Uh, that I know of. I don't know if you know anything, Josh. Nope. Uh, but we do have exciting things to talk about as far as like Age of Sigmar universe. You want tell, to tell, tell, tell me about the battle tones that are coming out? Yeah, sure. But as of this recording, February 8th, we um, had heard the pre-orders coming up are for the Hedonites of Slanesh and the Daughters of Cain battle tones. And of course, the Hedonites of Slanesh have a whole range of new models that were in the uh, Chaos Warcry Battletome. So lots of options coming your way if you're going to play Slanish Mortals. Lots of phenomenal models. And it'll be interesting to see if the Daughters of Cain Battletome adds any additional models or units to use and, and how that may get integrated into Warcry. Yeah, and the Daughters of Cain specifically, as far as the only new models I know about are the endless spells they're getting. Yeah, that likewise. Okay, and the other thing we can talk about is we are being slowly, torturously drip-fed more information about Warhammer Quest Curse City, which I know we are both very excited about. We had an article on, oh man, Oleksandr Hallgrim, which is one of the bosses of the Curse City, who is a skeleton commander. And we also got to see a couple more uh, miniatures for skeleton warriors who are going to be like classic bad guys. And they got a lot of sass and they got a lot of character. And these are great. Everybody loves a good skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. And these, these models alongside the sepulchral guard from Underworlds would make an awesome Legions of Nagash band. Really lots of the character. Yeah. And I, I, you know, whenever I thought about making a death specific, uh, Warband, because, you know, to get one of each, mm-hmm. I always looked at the Sepulchral Guard as a yeah. like, great baseline to start from. Yeah, phenomenal models. I'm really excited to see what else uh, they'll, they'll drip feed us this week. <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah, I, don't, I couldn't find anything else uh, in terms of news that would be potentially related for Warcry, so hopefully we'll, we'll see some additional information on 
you know, what comes out for the Heat Knights Slanesh and uh, and then eventually those new Lumineth models that they previewed for us the last time we met. Definitely, definitely. And eventually when we get all of the Soul Blight Grave Lords. Yes. What uh Warhammer what War Cry rules do they get? Where do those appear? Exactly. My guess is White Tour. <laughs> but they've broken it before. That's right, that's right. As long as we get a <laughs> yeah, let me get it. Let me play with our toys in our favorite game system. Actually, uh, there was there was another preview for a box game that had the two Underworlds warbands in it, and it was gonna. It's like in between Underworlds and Warcry, if I got that correctly. You're right. This is this is more direct Warcry news. Yeah, it's called Bladeborn. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Yeah, and the cards looked like Warcry cards. They had like kind of the same art, although not all the same rune marks. Yeah. Um, but they, it had a hex grid like Underworlds, and it had one Warcry warband versus one. No, it was two Underworld warbands. Yep. Like yeah, they're up. both Chaos. Yeah. Yeah, they're both the Chaos. Yeah, it's the the Skull Takers and the Ravagers. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I'm very curious about the game. If the game is fun, it's certainly full of really great skulls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really curious about how how it fits and how well it fits between those systems. A lot of people were guessing that it is trying to introduce like board game players and get them like a toe into maybe both games, one or both games, right? Uh, by being like kind of the board game light version of them. Um, yeah, but yeah, I agree. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we just got we just got a few images out of it. Um, seems yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, and if nothing else, a bargain for those two warbands. So, you know, if you wanted to pick those up for your Warcry warband, I was considering that myself, because they're great chaos models. Yeah, and I hope they get specific Warcry rules for a lot of those models. Like the Chaos Warriors, they have uh, Warcry analogs. Yeah. The one, but the, the Dark Oath warband, I forget, I forget the, I forget the name, the full name of that warband, but Um, they don't have great analogs into the Slaves of Darkness. They, like, have a guy with a bow and, like, a two-handed axe, and none of those quite correspond to Marauder models. Right. Um, So if they just got, like, finally got uh, specific Warcry rules for those specific skulls, that would be very cool. Yeah, I agree. But Hopefully they'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Glad I remembered that, because I knew there was something else. (laughs) We still got it. That's right. That's right. Okay, so moving on to our victory condition this episode, we're obviously going to talk about our Circle of Paint Challenge, and we're going to talk about our two warbands, the Children of Light and the Shadowborn, and how you can view them and vote for your favorites. Faven, I think we'll kick it off to you first to talk about your warband and, you know, just kind of give us, again, remind everybody what the background is and share with us any challenges you had with this particular warband in terms of the theme and getting it done. Uh, sure. Yeah, so my warband is the Children of Light, and they are a religious sect worshipping chaos in its many forms, uh, particularly through the worship of light and fire. So this is a Science of the Flame warband. I think they are a, uh, they like take in everybody. Because they are a recruiting religion that is growing, that, that grows through conversion. And so they take in, uh, folks from all the realms, um, with, I think, uh, the promise of like 
good news and like better days and like kind of a, an upbeat message of like power and understanding and knowledge and like a better life. Um, I mean, the, the deep dark part of it is that in the, it ends in chaos and destruction and flame, but they are, you know, they are structure and organization with, for people that might have nothing. Um, I think they could seem like a good deal. So like my war band is like one sect within this greater religious order that is a, eventually a larger slave to darkness army. So they are the children of light. Um, they are led by Krastos Tyrannos, otherwise known as the Flame Father. He is both a spiritual and martial uh, leader to the war band. That is my oh, I forget I forget his regular name. Uh, I think Blazing Blazing Lord. Um, yep. And then there right. is uh, his second in command is Raxos Corvax, who is the brazen champion, who is kind of like the enforcer and like uh, quite quite a he's done quite a, in every game I've had him he's done a lot of work. He's really great. And then uh, Heliax is the immolator. He's on, on fire. He's known as like kind of worshipped in kind of a weird way because he's so blessed by the fire and by the light um, that he's like kind of oh, almost always on the cusp of being uh, burnt to a crisp and, 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 and to dust as the realms eventually will follow. Odraya is the Inferno priest who is uh, kind of uh, more mystical and maybe more analytical and philosophical. While like the uh, the flame father is the leader, like the the priest, like kind of helps put like the specific action to that and specific philosoph- philosophies and more knowledge and training and like she does probably a lot of the teaching of the war band. And then there's uh, Vatra and Vactrian who are the uh, fireborn, the kind of like mid level guys. And uh, Sufmenos was my initiate who died, and then there's Carvas who was my other initiate. And uh, I have two more that haven't been named because they haven't gotten any games in, so they haven't been added to the roster, so I don't have names or stories for them yet. And then finally, the Ulgroid Myrmidon was uh, the last edition. And he travels with the warband, but doesn't really get involved in kind of the spiritual, philosophical part of it. He is more just there for making the war and the battle. And that's kind of like what he, um, like all he cares about. And he just kind of is grouped up with this group. I don't really know if I have a reason for him to be grouped up yet. Um, I think that will come out in games and when I have enough glory to actually recruit him to the war band. But I know the other war band kind of looks at him with kind of a knowing religious kind of look. Uh, because they think he's so blessed and like a representation of chaos and like kind of a purity of fire and fight that they, you know, they, like he, they know he doesn't quite understand his place, but they know his place and it's one of, uh, <laughs> you know, and, it, and it's an important and valuable one. He's very blessed. Um, so that's the Orgroid Myrmidon. He has these glowing fire tattoos and, and scars <laughs> that, that further signify how, uh, how the, the the gods of fire and flame. Uh, uh, that's pretty cool. What is it? Uh, like him. <laughs> you know. uh, so that's that's the background of the war band. I think painting them, it's been, been pretty good. I think I went, you know, you can listen to the previous episodes of me being tortured by this paint scheme and like tweaking <laughs> it and trying to figure it out. So they have like dirty white leather armor and kind of grays and tans for most of the cloth and robes. And overall, it's kind of a boring scheme. Um, however, the scale cloaks they wear, um, which are, I think, from like fire salamanders uh, that they, you know, they cut their hearts out and they use them in rituals. Um, those are purple. And so that gives a good splash of color. 
and then the flame is kind of a traditional uh, orange flame and that that also balances out but you got to have like all of those you have to have it all working in order for the whole scheme to look good and yeah I, i'm pretty happy with it we'll see every every new model i add is like another challenge to make sure it still looks good but yeah uh, yeah we'll see we'll let the listeners decide uh, yeah if it, if, it, if it actually looks good <laughs> Well, in the background and everything you got, especially with the models you're working on for progression to, you know, further delving into chaos, I think is a great theme. This is definitely really intriguing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I really want to expand this this collection into more of the traditional Chaos Warrior Slaves to Darkness range. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is after you get more sophisticated and more, and probably a little bit disillusioned that it's not all like high-minded philosophy and religious ecstasy it's like kind of the the grunt work of like actually making archaeon dreams a reality is like hey it's like a lot of protracted combat and like endless military campaigns right Uh, so they're not like disillusioned necessarily like they still believe but it's more like oh this is what the reality is it's not just like fun and like dancing around planes all day like there's work to do and we have to do it it's dirty work and probably none of us will survive to see the end of the world oh too bad uh (laughs) but you know we're still you know we're still doing our duty and that duty is like you know gearing up for archaeon's uh armies and putting on the armor but i'm I'm very i'm you know i'm only a step down that path uh, but I have the Ravagers, as I said, but working on, the, on them. They won't be part of uh, this challenge, though, because they're right. not going right. to be done. Yeah, no, no, but definitely for the future. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. I will jump in and share about the Shadowborn. So uh, you listeners may recall, but my background was kind of set... Um, where this particular warband had been working in the eight points for Marathi, gathering, you know, Varanite and, uh, and stumbled upon Marathi's true plan and her false godhood, not really true Cain. And Marathi, of course, found out. And so she marked them um, and made sure that they stayed in the, the, you know, the eight points so they would eventually die and their secret would, you know, dissolve with them. But, of course, Caleb Voidsworn decided she was not going to go down without a fight. And so she and the other members of the warband have decided that they would find a new master. And they are seeking the Well of Shadows to make a bargain with the Realm of Shadow itself in exchange for freedom from Marathis, and, but to maintain their ability to blend with shadows and work with shadows and potentially get vengeance against her at some point. So the warband itself, of course, is led by the Shroud Queen, Caleth Voidsworn. Uh, it has two slaughter shades, one with a whip and one with spears, uh, Slitha Polhusk and Lurkweth Razor Scorn, both uh, you know, the champions and kind of lead the others in example. We have a couple Dark Flame Warlocks, one with crossbows, Roth, and one with the Doomfire Ring, Canis. And then a, a variety of uh, different models with the Shroud Blade and Umbral Spears. You know, Manuel, Aneth, Faria, and Scythia. And so those are the nine models that made up the original Warband. Um, I have some ideas for adding some additional Dark Flame Warlocks um, because they do have a nice triple that can increase the number of attacks for the models around them. Or I think it decreases the attacks coming in, rather. It's kind of like a, a Shroud, so to speak. 
one of the, the disappointing things, you know, it makes sense, but none of the order factions can have thralls of any sort. You know, it, it's too bad that we can't have some sort of models. You know, you can call them something different besides thralls, you know, maybe followers or hanger-ons or something. But it would be really nice to, you know, with the shadow theme I had for this warband, you know, the, the Dark Eldar range for Warhammer 40k has some shadow-linked models, like the Mandrakes are mm-hmm. these dark eldar shadow creatures that are cursed that live in the in the real space and in immaterium at the same time there's also these cat-like creatures that are shadow kin or something like that and and those would be awesome models to incorporate somehow with the the shadow theme and so i'd have to think about you know can i make them represent an ally type model or perhaps you know have its stats match one of the current uh shadow stalker profiles but uh those are kind of the ideas I had in terms of incorporating some models that looked a little more shadowy, you know, maybe like a mage with more more mystical powers, you know, like say Shadow Weaver, you know, Miss Weaver would have been a really cool model or something like that. But yeah, so I have to think about that. You know, if we actually get get some games in, whether I take these models in for our campaign and and uh, expand it with some of those thematic elements, would be a lot of fun. Definitely. Uh, does your warband know about Marathi's ascension to Marathi Kane? And if so, what do they? What are their thoughts? Is she still a usurper? She is a usurper, a false goddess, because they know that she was stealing Kane's power for herself. Of course, nobody likes being duped, so you know they're they're going to get vengeance and they're going to do it to the realm of shadow. Get her where it hurts. Okay, very <laughs> cool. Um, and does your war, is your warband hang, I guess your warband is in Veranthrix's mall right now, because that's where the, what is it, what is the, like, Idol of Shadow? The, the Well of Shadow. Well of Shadows, yeah, that's what yep. it is, yeah. But, you know, also, obviously, Soroth Core has some connection to the Void as well, so it might be another great opportunity to find a different, <laughs> uh, master. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think my warband is also currently in Veranthix's Maw, like on some sort of religious pilgrimage uh, to the flames beneath, and they've been mostly fighting uh, greenskins uh, while down there. Uh, <laughs> but the yeah, I think they you know they'll they'll definitely make their way over to Soroth Core if we ever get down there. Yeah, yeah, we will eventually. Well, you know, listeners, as you may know, we're, we're gonna provide some pictures for these warbands. You know, you have a little bit of the backstory and the names, and then uh, we'll share the photos of our painted warbands and let you choose what you what are your favorites. You know, based on it could be based on the the paint jobs, the themes, the background. You know, whatever you guys want. So we're gonna post those pictures on uh, our the Facebook Warhammer Warcry page because uh, it seems to be a fairly popular page. So we'll get you know enough people might get a chance to view there. We'll put it on the Dogs of Warcry Twitter channel, which is at Dogs of Warcry. And also we'll post it on our Discord channel in the Warcry section. So uh, please, you know, we'll get those out um, probably on Wednesday of this week, which would be February 10th, uh, along with this podcast. And put it up there for about a week or so and, and get your thoughts and opinions. It would be great to hear. And what, if, what URL would I go to if I wanted to hang out in the Discord? You would go to themortalrealms.com backslash discord. Nice. Uh, thank you, Paven. It's been a fun challenge and definitely motivated me to get a full Warcry Warband painted, which shamefully I cannot say I've done yet. So <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> lots of in progress, but yeah, this is done.
but it's completely done. Okay, so we do have some listener questions that we'll use to wrap up this episode. Our first listener question is from Kilpanic. And the question is, how would you rank the Warcry box set terrain environments from best to worst using criteria such as appearance, ease of construction, painting, replayability, applicability to the rules, etc.? And I don't know if you have any opinions on that, Pippin. Oh, man, I got to go bring them up. Yeah. I think I, I think I can pull some opinions out for sure. Yeah, um, there's a lot. Yeah, I'll go first with the original core set terrain. I think that was that's my number one because it, yeah. it's so good. It's varied. It's built for Warcry. You get a ton of it. Sadly, it's not available anymore. But yeah, the original box set I would say is number one. Oh my! Oh, not all the environments are even up anymore. Oh, so I have to try to remember them all. <laughs> I think what is number two? Uh, oh. I don't know, Josh. You want to weigh in? What do you would? I think maybe the storm vault is so cool. I know. Yeah, you, I don't have them all. Yeah, no, I don't have them all either. Um, it's, it's, I'm trying to remember correctly. There's the Azerite ruins, the Azerite townscape. Well, no, there's, no, no. So there's there's the defiled ruins, which yes. is like I think we're just talking about sets. Let's not let's not expand to all Age of Sigmar terrain because that'd be too too much. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So there's, there's the two box sets, I would say. I would count both of those, Catacombs and Original. Right. Uh, there's the Soul Drain Forest. There's yep. the Defiled Ruins. Mm-hmm. There's the Graveyard one, uh, yep. which I forget what it's called. And then there's the Storm Vault one. Correct. I think, and I think that's all the sets. Yeah, all the ones that are Warcry specific, I think. Yes. Yeah. And so I'll go Original box set and then then I'm going to go Storm Vault because it's really cool. And then I'll go Defiled, Defiled Ruins because it's still got some elevation on there. And then I'll go Soul Drain Forest, which I really, really like, but I think by itself, um, it's like, it's like the second one you buy. Maybe it's the best second one you buy because it gives you such a great organic element. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not, it doesn't have as much interactability as the other sets. And yeah. then the last one I would pick would be the, the Graveyard one, which was the former Garden of Moor. Yep. And then it became the Sigmarite Mausoleum, and I don't know what it was called when it was branded to Warcry. Corpse Rack Mausoleum. Corpse Rack Mausoleum, of course. <laughs> so that, that's my power rankings. Josh, yeah. you want to add your own spin on it? Yeah, I, I think I have to agree with you that the first choice would probably be the original box set, and just because the huge range of terrain that you do get is amazing. It's a great deal. I, in terms of terrain, the catacombs, I, I like a lot, but, you know, there's not tons of, um, terrain in there to pick, you know, in terms, you know, for the rule set, you definitely want it. But yeah, I think the box set, the first box set would be my first choice for terrain. I like the defiled ruins because you get that additional elevation. And I did pick up the storm vault and the corpse track mausoleums because I think both of those add a lot of unique flavor. If I was going to decide one or the other, I would go the Storm Ball just because it's so different and you can add, you know, it's got some nice, you know, uh, braziers and, you know, torches and columns and bridges and things like that, which I think adds a, a whole different element to the game. Even though the, there's not like a huge height difference, it's just so unique in appearance and you could add some other stuff to it. So yeah, I think I would definitely go box set, the first box set, Storm Vault. Uh, defiled ruins and then uh, the corpse rack mausoleum you know catacombs you definitely have to get at some point but all right lock it in there yeah 
All right, our next question is from Toast. Have you come across or imagined in your head any particularly cool combos with slotting a different leader, not from your own warband, into your warband? How about you, Paven? So, like, really taking advantage of the new hero rules. Correct. I the only I think there's a, I haven't done a lot of like combo generation because that's not really where I get excited about Warcry. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did look briefly at the Cities of Sigmar uh, rules and the Order War bands, and I think you could stack a bunch of plus attacks to shoot. Yeah. Um, with a few of them, and then like take a get a free shot on a double on turn one or something. Something either the Greywater Fastness or um, Living City, I think, has good shooting rules, and and I think either Caradron or Stormcast also have really good uh, like shooters. Yeah. <laughs> so I yep. think I think there's some kind of combo there, but I have I don't know uh, specifically what it is. As far yeah. as slotting in different leaders, I don't know. I just like know the models I want to use, and I've been collecting those, but not necessarily like, oh, I'm going to use like the Heart Eater in my Iron Golem's Warband, which you can do now. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I haven't really thought of any particular combos either myself. Again, kind of thinking about well, what thematically makes sense, rather than you know, how do I. Uh, how do I take full advantage of the particular abilities, especially since some of the abilities changed and they added a, a bunch of new stuff for the the leader types. So I haven't evaluated all those in, in context of how you could use them together. So, yeah. But yeah, definitely in the future as we you know get more games in, I'll definitely kind of revisit some of that and find out what the new options are to play with. Yeah, I really like the idea of adding a single Stormcast hero into a different Order Warband because I like yeah. the idea that these you know big beefy you know uh you know hammer guys that you know come in and smashed and then there's only there's one of them and he's just like very terrorizing terror uh terrorizing but uh terror causing terror inducing terrifying terrifying there it is um, <laughs> uh, so I, I like that and my you know i talked about my living city war band that would have a a guy ran guard stormcast or a uh, uh oh god who are the the hollow knights uh, the, the only the faithful in my living city war bags they will fit storm keeps there right uh, but it's, it's all in my head <laughs> yeah no i've got some ideas too it'd be fun to you know soulbound the role-playing game you could definitely make a war band now that has your characters in it all you know from the, the order cities of sigmar range which would be a lot of fun it's like oh yeah this is my war band it, it, but it's a it's my soulbound war party that's traveling through the eight points kind of thing would be cool oh, that's that's cool too all right, we've got uh, two questions from Voodoo. Have you guys ever thought of making custom rules for terrain, and how do you go about balancing the rules? And uh, I think we did talk a little bit about this in terms of dangerous terrain last time, and, and other things, you know, other situations where you could apply dangerous terrain rules and how you could use that. But did you have any other um, ideas, Faven? Uh, well, I think didn't you and Eric did a little of this for the Plunging Spires event? Yes, I think. I wouldn't worry about balancing it. Uh, well, especially if you're doing a narrative event. Maybe if you're doing a match play event, uh, I maybe I would be less inclined to write special rules for terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think to be the safest, I think we mentioned this last time, would be to replicate rules that already exist, like the um, the casket in the catacombs uh, set. You know, if you if you End an activation, end an action within one inch of it. You roll dice, and on a one, you take dice six damage. 
I think that feels reasonable. Yeah. Um, and the deadly, the deadly terrain, dangerous terrain rules are also, you know, chip damage. Yeah. Although I think I, my, my personal preference is that they do too little damage. So, you know, I'd like to pump that up. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Sticking to you know, reusing some of the existing rules or, or maybe taking some of the twist cards and turning it into a terrain piece, I think are probably fairly safe ways to go, especially if you're doing a narrative thing. But like you said, for match play, unless it's, you know, this whole table, the, these unique things, you know, they, they count as difficult terrain. Okay, that's fairly simple. People could probably handle that, no problem. But yeah, if you go, you know, more unique, like perhaps when we're doing our um, uh, circle of paint, challenge battles you know are unique you know between you eric and myself having some unique terrain rules for that makes a lot of sense you know like climbing or falling you know falling greater distances than than three inches what happens you know so uh, pushing things off of terrain now we have rules for that which is nice but before we were kind of trying to come up with ideas for how that might work so voodoo's next question is also i see a lot of flack leveled at lower model count warbands for being non-competitive in match play would you ever consider a lower model count warband? And if so, which? You got any ideas there, Paven? Uh, well, I don't really play match play Warcry, so yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I have my Iron Jaws. They're pretty low model count. Those guys are super fun. Yeah. Um, I do, you know, I, I will admit, I do try to, like, get as many bodies as I can in those warbands because I know I just, it gives you a lot more flexibility having more guys to do more things, especially above ground. Uh, with catacombs, I think that is uh, not as that's a, it's a little more balanced away from high movement, high model count warbands because you have the five turns and it's a flat grid mm-hmm. uh, instead of that kind of elevation, which makes makes the space you're working in larger. Yeah, uh, and and just where you can come in in terms of uh, the reinforcements. Yeah. What what are the other low model count warbands? Like a lot of mo- warbands can be built low model count. Like Skaven, Skaven yeah. have access to so many cheap fighters. Yeah, well, even you know some of the mounted units you can take now, you could really have low model count armies. And, and I think uh, the the one I had is I played my Cahadran Overlords. I only had six models in that warband, uh, you know, for quite a while because they're expensive. And it was it was fairly competitive. It had a lot of shooting, and the models supported each other. So uh, it did. It did pretty well. Um, and I had to, again. I haven't tried it in match play, so I don't know how competitive it would be for that. Certainly, in in the open space, the you know the movement with the flyers was helpful. In a space like catacombs, it would be interesting to see, um, you know, whether the the three inch movement for the guys on foot makes a huge difference or not. But but uh, but that that particular warband did pretty well. But I think you're right that you could definitely tailor a lot of warbands to be low model count and i i think it really depends on yeah whether it's catacombs or above ground and, and what the mission is because if it's a uh, grab the four objectives you're going to be hurting <laughs> but, yeah most of you like three three guys to do it yeah yeah and it, but if it's like to kill this you know kill the dagger well maybe you've got a better chance because your models are probably tougher or faster mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i definitely think it'll depend on the scenario and our uh, last question is from darth alec and he asks, how would you make Duradin more fun viable in terms of the Warcry Warbands? And we did get one answer on the the Discord forums where somebody mentioned that with the Grand Alliance books, the uh, for Order, you could take the Cities of Sigmar, 
Tempest Eye faction, and you could take the Rune Lord, which kind of gives um, dwarves, the Fire Slayers, uh, uh, kind of like the Wah move for the Iron Jaws. Um, did you have any other ideas on how to make the, the Dwarden more fun or viable in this particular way? I mean, I didn't know they were not fun or not viable. Uh, yeah. That might be my own ignorance. Uh, I mean, you certainly had a lot of success, and it seemed like a lot of fun, you know, blasting people off the table with your KO. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Uh, so, maybe, I yeah, think... I don't know. So, yeah, in the Cities of Sigmar, I, you know, I don't, they, you know, they just got tons of rules recently. Uh, and I don't know if people have gotten a lot of time to play with them, but they got, they have a lot of tools and a lot of cool stuff, you know, with the different cities they can play around with and a lot of different miniatures they can use and allies. So, I have, yeah, I, 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 don't I don't have a good answer. Yeah, I think, I thought they were fun. Yeah, no, and I, I think. This might be alluding to more the three-inch movement, you know. And there are several warbands I think that struggle with that. The Iron Jaws, but they've got an ability that helps them get a little bit faster movement. Or two, the Nurgle Mortals uh, have three-inch movement in most cases. You know, of course, the Fire Slayers uh, all have three-inch movement. I don't think they have any abilities that give them extra movement, unfortunately. Ooh, but, I can uh, see why that wouldn't be as fun. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, but I, I do know that, um, you know, like Vint had put together a, a war band, a Cities of Sigmar war band with only dwarves in it. And, you know, it, it was very effective. Uh, you know, there were probably, I think there were nine dwarves. Some of them had ranged weapons, some of them were all melee. But we played on the Catacombs board. And I think all of the war bands, you know, with slower movement, do much better on the Catacombs board. Again, due to the reasons we said, you know, you've got the reinforcements are a little different. They can come in from all over the board. You know, there are rooms to kind of come in and you get five turns. So I definitely think those warbands benefit more on the Catacombs board than they do on the open. Well, that, that'll be our answer. Uh, play Catacombs games. Uh, <laughs> really fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's it for our questions and uh, in this particular season. So we'll definitely get our uh, podcast up and share our pictures with you for voting. And then we'll follow up when we uh, have some more material. We'll kick off the next season. Yeah, whenever we feel like it. Exactly. Uh, so, again, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, track down the Discord or the Twitter or the Facebook and, you know, vote once. Uh, but we certainly won't be tracking and uh yeah and we'll, we'll we'll follow up with you guys later we'll probably be on maybe a couple episodes of the mortal realms our grandfather show uh <laughs> to talk about uh other action in the age of sigmar universe and yeah this is this is the real end of the season uh thank you guys so much for coming on the journey with us yeah thanks so much It's time to put a muzzle on this episode. If it was a good, good dog, support the show with a positive review on iTunes, sharing it with friends, joining us for hobby discussions at themortalrealms.com forward slash discord, or leave a tip at themortalrealms.com forward slash Patreon. More content is available at themortalrealms.com and on Twitter at Dogs of Warcry. Welcome to the Dogs of Warcry.